Hey there, friends. Welcome to episode three of The Local. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Jordan Hauser Digital. That's my video company here in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. If you're looking to attract more customers to your business in this day and age, you need to be using video. There's a reason why YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. People like watching videos. If you're interested in adding video to your marketing strategy, you can contact me on Facebook and Instagram at Jordan Hauser Digital. Today in studio, we have all-around good guy and local artist who has his space in the Westmoreland Cultural Trust Incubator space, my dude, Dasher Rocket. You might know him from Mr. Toad's. You might know him from the Palace Theater. You might know him from his artwork around town. Basically... If you live in Greensburg and you don't know who Dasher is, there's something seriously wrong. Get ready. We're about to go down the rabbit hole with Dasher Rocket. Here we go. Welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm pretty good. good afternoon. It is afternoon. All right. This is the earliest I've ever seen you in my life. I know. I think so. It's, <laughs> it's, this is very early for me to begin with because... I work all night, so it's like one of those things. Right. I moved in I moved in with someone recently, my friend, and I moved in together, and he works days. So one of the things that he does not understand is, like, uh, how I work nights and, like, coming home at 3 a.m., like, I can't, like, do shit. <laughs> right. Because he's asleep, so it's just this issue of me, like, sneaking around the house trying to do things and clean up after myself, but it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> so he gets kind of pissed off sometimes. He'll be like, what the fuck? Stuff all over the house. So I'll be like, I'm trying to clean it up, but I can't make any more noise and da 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 the end. Yeah. It's not a good story, but <laughs> all right. So what's up? All right, man. Well, I mean, on the last episode, we had Kelly Brisbane in here. Okay. We were talking cultural trust and yeah. uh, your name came up. Yeah. You yeah. are a big, big part of the art scene here in Greensburg. I try to be. I try big to be. fixture. Yeah. Well, I don't know of a fixture. I try to be. I mean, Greensburg's a good town. You right? know what I mean? And it's, it's one of those towns that I think that, you know, when I moved here in 95, you know, it was such a different place. And now that I'm, I've been here for as long as I have, I've seen it really grow and become different. And I think it's a good town. I mean, it really does have the ability to be something unique right. in its regards. But, you know, it's, it's always been an issue of just where, how long it's going to take the town to accept it. Right. You know what I mean? At what point are they going to be like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where I've always been with it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm on the cutting I think sometimes I'm a little too far ahead for Greensburg. <laughs> I do. I think some of the shit I pull. A little too progressive. I think a little, some of the shit I pull, people are just like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Like, <laughs> right? Seriously, why is he doing that? Dude, it's but like, that's awesome though, man. Yeah. You're yeah. a local artist. That's, yeah, I try uh, to do that. You know, yeah. you're not uh, creating any waves if you're not creating any waves. You know I guess what I mean? so. I guess so. But I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that's one of the issues of being an artist is like, you know, do you continue to be cutting edge and over over the top of stuff than not being successful financially mm-hmm. or do you you might want to move in a little bit okay or do you just continue to make what is selling well right and then go with that as your as your thing but i mean it's just i don't know for me i can't i can't seem to find anything that sells well for yeah. a long period of time to stick with so i just kind of do my own thing and yeah people sometimes buy it and sometimes they don't well that's good what's your what's your favorite medium to work in Paint. Well, um, I'm a trained printmaker. Okay. So uh, I, I studied under a guy in Pittsburgh to become like a master printmaker at one point in time. And I haven't done that in a while. But I'm um, a painter. I do weird self-help videos. I do live commentary of events around town. Um, I'm a general MC 
I like to just say that I'm a nice guy. Yeah. And that you like, you know, if you want to have a good time, invite me over to your house and I'll throw a pretty cool party if you let me. Sweet. You know, <laughs> and that's just kind of really, I mean, I think the art I make is more about just kind of providing a fun space for people to be a part of and then allowing them to enjoy themselves while they're there. For so sure. that, you know, I work like when I think about like art, like the art in the alleyway or the, you know, the, the other projects I've been trying to figure out and how to do and things like that. It's about very much about changing the space and making the space fun mm-hmm. so that, you know, people, <clears throat> excuse me, people interact with it in a positive way. And then also kind of just come away from it with just a general understanding that they're just having a good time. You know I mean? I think art has always been so serious and it's, and right. It's the biggest problem with it is that everyone takes it so damn seriously. Everyone does take it very seriously. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, <clears throat> that whole, that whole stigma is just, mm-hmm. it's very uh, obvious in certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for art club or whatever, I've gone to Chicago. I've hit all mm-hmm. the, the major mm-hmm. museums there and stuff in New York. And uh, it really is like that. There's a, just a, it seems to be like, you know, a lot of uppity, uppity style people mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, they're, enjoying the art and stuff, but it's good. It has its place for sure, mm-hmm. but I definitely enjoy what art is doing for this town yes. in specific. I mean, well, like, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, if you look at any, any development in any town and, you know, if you look at the Dormont circle in, in, um, in DC, you look at, you know, parts of the neighborhoods in, in uh, Baltimore, you look at even the neighborhoods in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that's been the most rejuvenating factor to them is the arts. I mean, when you put, you know, artists, Artists and people that make art are very unique people in regards to the fact that they're more <clears throat> concerned with space than they are with what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. So an artist will move into a rundown warehouse where there's, you know, heroin addicts dying outside and crackheads passing out on the street. Right. And will sit there and like not concern themselves with the outside. We'll do everything to beautify the inside. We'll make the inside a workable space. We'll begin to stretch out. And because of that space being there, people will be coming there. And then those people come there. And then, you know, the hope is that the people that are there that are less, less serviced and under, you know, whatever's going on, they're being serviced in a way that they're being able to find more employment or be able to find more mm-hmm. other things. And then, you know, that's the thing with the arts is the arts is what really, you know, there's, there's a joke in Dormont Circle. It's the reason why Dormont Circles because of gay couples. You know what I mean? The reason why mm-hmm. that, that area of the town was able to develop in the way it was is because gay, gay, gay couples were able to move into that area. They didn't have children to worry about the school system, which is kind of terrible to say, but they didn't. And they were right. able to make the, uh, able to really improve the property due to the fact that they were able to have the income to, to improve the buildings. They were able to sure. buy these old buildings. And that's kind of what the arts do. And the same thing with a town. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, if you don't have the arts uh, infrastructure there, it gets to be kind of boring. Right, for sure. And we, you know, and we do have like universities out the ass around here. Yeah, we do. You know, <laughs> we have like, what, three, four? Is it? So we got St. Vincent, um, <coughs> Seton Hill. I mean, the Pitt. community college, if you yeah, want to throw that in there. Pitt. Um, yeah, so there's four yeah. universities right directly around here. Lots with, of kids. Yeah, um, no, yeah, there are, and that's and that's the thing, you know, like working in the bar. I always see that, you know, there's always this influx of new people every year, mm-hmm. and you know, one of the unfortunate things about Greensburg is that these people leave after four years. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? It's and we crazy. want them to, and we want them to stay here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And some of them are sticking around. Yeah. And the ones that are sticking around are, you know, getting involved in the arts or getting involved in different programs or getting involved in different, you know, social opportunities in the area. Right. And, you know, us as artists or creators in this town need to need to continue to find fun things for them to do. And if we can, if we don't, they're going to fucking continue to leave. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. The coolest thing uh, last week when I talked to Kelly, she was saying that she's seeing a lot of influence making its way up to the hill and stuff like that. And there's, there's people that, you know, now that they have the the dance studio down here mm-hmm. and, you know, the arts building and stuff, it's, you know, there's a lot more going on down here and they're trying to, you know, kind of get them involved in more projects, whether mm-hmm. it be on a voluntary basis or something like that. But well, no. And I mean, and that was the thing, you know, cool. when I, when I first went to Seton Hill, when I came there in 1996, Seton Hill was very much an, an isolated its own microcosm amongst, amongst itself. Like mm-hmm. People from Seton Hill did not go into town. Right. And, you know, um, and if you lived off town and you were at Seton Hill, you still hung out at Seton Hill all the time. Like everybody was there, was there. It was very much its own microcosm, its yeah. own like thing. Now you see them stretching out and they're kind of coming into the other, other area. And I also just think that's because the population that's there is now mm-hmm. different. You know, when I was there, it was all art students and theater people. Yeah. And, you know, and it just, nobody was really social. You know, oh, we, yeah. we, were, we were comfortable with each other. We didn't have to go drinking right. everywhere else. And if we did, it was just like, because we did it and we went back up to the hill because that's where we lived. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now it's more. You got see them moving up there. Yeah, there's and all kinds, there's, like, you know? there's tons of fucking people up there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's weird. Now. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And like, you know, back in the day, whenever I was hanging out, uh, you know, over at uh, Badges or mm-hmm. where, when it was like Perry's. Um, you know, you get, uh, you get a bunch of the kids from like the Lecom students and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, and those guys, when they go out, they go out. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they're definitely like, that's (laughs) one of the things at Toads that we always (laughs) like whenever they, cause when they, um, you know, Toads is one of those bars that's been consistently there for so long Mm -hmm. and people know it, they love it. And there's like a certain type of people that go to Toads. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you love what Toads is, you're going to go to Toads. Absolutely. And you're going to be at Toads. That's where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's always that, that interesting period where there's a group of new people that kind of start showing up and you see them like testing out the waters on whether or not they like right. the area and like what they like in the area and things like that, you know, and whenever I'm bartending there very much goes back to that idea of just, I try to give them the best party they can have, like make sure they have a good time yeah. so that when they're there and they talk about it and they can remind themselves and all that jazz. So that's always good. Yeah. I mean, fun. like Toads is, Toads is like the, what I consider to be like it's like a creative bar. It's like a bar where a lot of like creatives go. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the music's cool. It's always just like really nice. It's mellow. It's like, you know, a little outside of the norm. It's not yeah. like your top 10 radio stations playing. No, you get no. in there, you hang out with your friends, you have some beers, chat with you guys yeah. behind the bar and stuff. And just like, you know, you make good friends in there. Yeah. It's, no, it's no. I mean, Toads is very much like, I mean, you know, the old owner, Ed, Mm-hmm. It was a guy who taught me how to bartend, even though he would never tell anybody that. Um, <laughs> Ed was awesome. Man. Yeah. I love that. You guy. know, he used to say that, like, you know, he just said, like, every day, make it like it's your living room. Right. Make everyone like it's your living room. You know, and that's, and that's, you know, I, I do try to approach the bar like that whenever I'm there. You know, but there is that, there is that issue. It's, you know, yeah, it can be my living room, but you still have to respect my living room. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't Absolutely. be an asshole in my living yeah. room. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's kind of, I think, the nice thing about Toads is that you can be, 
you know, you can be an asshole to a point, but eventually someone's going to say like, Hey, come on, knock it off for now. Right. Yeah. You know? And then they, it's not like everybody's mad about it. Yeah. I mean, know? that's just bar etiquette. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. yeah. It's good. It takes a few years to learn that. But, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I try to, you know, that's one of the things I always try to like, like when I see new guys out and new people coming out, like somebody out for their 21, 21st birthday and they're in they're drinking or whatever. I always try to make sure they have a great, great time and whatever, but I always like, don't forget to bring your glasses up to the bar. That's the thing you should always do for a bartender. And it's always <laughs> like, they're always like, what? And I'm like, that's very important. Right. But yeah. Yeah, so, dude, it's, it's little things like that that, uh, you know. Makes you a good, makes you a good bartender. Right. Makes you a good bar patron, which yeah. is important in the world. It, it really it, is. You man. should be a better bar patron than you should be at most things. For sure. You should be treated like church. <laughs> like how you go to church is also how you should go to a bar. Right. With more booze. And, more you know, booze. like in singing. Yeah. And well, probably more dancing too. I don't know. I don't know what kind of church you go to. Not those ones. Yeah, mine wasn't like that at all. Mine was very much mine sit was up. not. Yeah, so sit up, stand down. But I feel whatever. that there are churches that are pretty awesome, like dancey stuff. Oh yeah. But if those were the, like comparison, I watched this really weird show last night on the Children of God, that cult. Oh yeah, yeah, they're pretty. They were pretty weird. There's, you know, they like like the thing was that they were the way they approached the understanding of Christ was that he was a rebel. And that, yeah. and that that's what, like, he was, like, the ultimate hippie rebel. And that's how right. they did it. And then, like, it was all good and going well for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it, all this weird, like, child stuff came out. And it was just, like, and it was, like, all of a sudden, they were, like, and it was, like, no one saw that coming. Right, Like, yeah. no one at no point in time. I guess that's why you're in a cult. It's pretty wild. That, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, that was off topic. That one, Jesus Camp, since we're on that topic, that, uh, have you seen Jesus Camp? Yes, I have. That's, yeah, that's pretty frightening. Intense. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. We'll leave. We'll leave that there. Yeah, that's, I don't. I don't know that. That, that and the, I do, but I do think that, like, even that movie, that director, and that documentary that was made, I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it could have been funnier. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, that's the it thing. Like, it was so serious, and it yeah. just was like. I mean, I understand it's a serious topic. They're indoctrinating children into mm-hmm. this elaborate, you know, right wing kind of hatred thing, whatever. Right. But it could have been funny. There could have been some jokes. There was kids there. You know, some kids had some farts, like inappropriately. <laughs> like you know that like somebody was like. Yanking on, you know, you know, there was some funny shit going oh, no on. No doubt. There. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Like, they didn't cover it. And that's like <laughs> what annoys me about documentaries and a lot of times, except for like Ken yeah. Burns. Like, I think if Ken Burns could have a joke every once in a while, it'd be amazing. That would be something. Hear that, Ken Burns, if he's listening. <laughs> Ken Burns, we'd like you to have a joke or two in your next drama. Right. Wait, didn't he just do one about, he just had one about country music. Did he? Yeah. That guy does, he does documentaries about everything. No, it's awesome. It's it's yeah. pretty amazing. Like he did one about baseball and it was just that like baseball one isn't pretty fucking. Incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. It's like 12 hours long. Yeah, it's, so it's long. real long. Did you watch the one on Vietnam? Um, was that the Vietnam in color or whatever? Did no, that's just it? the Vietnam War. It's just called, okay. Yeah, it's him and Lim Novak. He, they do both. Of all the stuff, I didn't but, see it, but it's, it's very good. They actually used a Beatles song. On it. it was like one of the first times any of the oh, Beatles yeah. have given permission to use their music in a film. That's pretty awesome. Like Paul McCartney gave him permission, yeah. which is like That's Paul McCartney why. doesn't get permission anyway. Right? That's from, sainthood right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't Sir know. Paul. Paul. Yeah, he is Paul McCartney. <laughs> he does sell his shit up Starbucks though. So I don't hear about <laughs> it. So when did you know, I guess, earlier in your days, mm-hmm. when did you know that, uh, you know, art was your thing? Uh, what was like, what was like the first connection you made to like, Hey, I like making stuff. I mean, I built with Legos when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Throw my my grandpa's desk and that kind of stuff. I always I always have been drawing. I don't know. I mean, it was um, at some point in time. I just think I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like I was a therapist for years, you know, really, I have like, I have, a, I have three master's degrees and two of them are in art therapy and one's in counseling. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was a mental health provider for the Westmoreland County Children's Bureau for about 10 years. Wow. I also ran a clinic for individuals with schizophrenia out of New Kensington. Hmm. New Kensington. Yeah. So I've had a very diverse background, but, for um, sure. I've always like bartending more, like honestly, like I enjoy yeah. bartending much better, but, um, it's like, probably a big social thing for you. Like, I mean, like you as an artist, you as a well, therapist, you we, can probably, you know, it's comical. Like, you know, you know. um, I, I, you know, I have Asperger's. So it's one of those things as people always be like, how can you have, you know, a spectrum disorder, an autism spectrum disorder and be like a fucking bartender, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, did you ever watch Cheers? I'm like, I'm basically just redoing cheers every night. And I'm like, and it's lucky that I'm at, I'm at toads where it's legitimately the same thing every, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing I like about, about bartending and about interactions with people is that, you know, people do the same thing over and over again. Right. And it, and it's so, you know, once you step back from your stuff and look at that thing, it's very much repetitive behavior and it's, right. it's very much, you're like, Oh, so relaxing. And that's for me. That's like, that's why I like to bartend because it's yeah. the same same thing all the day, all the time. Sometimes I'll listen yeah. to different music. Sometimes I'll play hip hop. Sometimes I'll play metal. Most of the time I play a lot of metal. Yeah. <laughs> I do play more metal than I should probably most of the time. But no, it's awesome. But Whenever yeah. I go in and you've, you've got the, you've got yeah. the uh, ownership yeah. of the jukebox. It's all well, that's, good. that's the thing. And it's, it is very much. And Michelle and I, we have uh, we have days where we challenge each other on mm-hmm. who can, who can find better music on the line. And Michelle, I have to give her credit. She, she, She's getting much, yeah. much better at music. She plays some good stuff. Yeah, she does. And she knows those, she knows the things that kids like, mm-hmm. like all that techno music and stuff with like, all it's the, wild, all the dance numbers and the, yeah. like the, like the keyboard to it. This kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm not into that stuff, but I mean, it's not that I don't think it's good music. It's just, I'm not into it. Yeah. So I mean, I find myself shazamming a lot of things when she's running the, running the jukebox. Yeah. Cause she'll play some stuff that's like, you know, it might be uh, newer stuff for like the kids and things like that, but I'm also a musician, so yeah, yeah. when so I hear something, yeah, so you're like melody oh, wise, yeah, I'm like, God bad. damn, yeah. is that catchy? Yeah, yeah, no, it's very it. much, yep, yeah. And she normally she's very good at she gets a lot of catchy stuff, which is I think is good. I, mean, mm-hmm. I think people like it. I mean, I know that um, I see that whenever we're like when it's a Friday night and there's a lot of younger kids, it's better to have her play the music than me. Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm just gonna play like Sabbath because I think everyone should listen to Sabbath for sure. And I hundred percent feel that if you don't like Sabbath, there's something wrong with you. There is, and in particular early Sabbath. Like if right. you don't like the Ozzy Osbourne Sabbath, like I don't want to really want to talk to you. <laughs> right. um, but you know, like last night I was just sitting there and I did, I played like three Sabbath ro- songs and records in a row. Yeah. Because the crowd was, you know, it was very much a crowd that could deal with that. And mm-hmm. it was very much, and there was, there was kids there and they weren't like, they, they would not typically be listening to that music. But yeah. like once they like saw it in the environment of toads, which is just a totally its own unique environment, which is it really dark, yeah. smoky, loud, Mm-hmm. you know, just everything kind of bounced together. We had horror movies playing on the, on the, on the TVs, you know, it was very much, it had its own vibe to it and they were all into it very, very much for, for the sure. whole time because it's about setting that environment, setting the mood, mm-hmm. setting all that stuff. So that's kind of what, that's what that's about. Yeah. I mean, like when you've got, you know, you're a college kid, you're coming mm-hmm. into a new town. Um, that's almost like a new beginning for everything. No one really yeah. knows who you are. You can be whoever you want to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. So it's like you go into these bars, you go into these spaces where you're, you know, not mm-hmm. typically at in your hometown. Mm-hmm. And 
that's where I did a whole lot of my learning in Edinburgh. It was just like, you know, I'd go to the bar and people, other people would be playing music mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh man, this band's awesome. Mm-hmm. This band's awesome. That's how I ran into Coheed and Cambria. Some kid was playing it in the bar and I'm like, who is this lady? And they find him. out it's a dude. Yeah. And I find out they're just one of the most amazing bands on yep. the planet. Yep. And they played in Greensburg. Yeah. It's nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the weird thing about Greensburg too, is it? <laughs> You think about the things that have happened in this town. You know what I mean? Like Zayo's from here. And they're, yeah. pretty, you know, they're pretty national. The Juliana Theory is from here. Mm-hmm. You know, Donny Iris is from here or something like that. Donny Iris is no. from... The guy that wrote um, Crimson and Clover, uh, Tommy James and Sean Oh. He's like, they're from around here. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Oh. I don't know how, but like, like, I know that like, yeah, they're from here. The guy that played in Mr. Big, the bass player for Mr. Big, he's from Greensburg. He's from here. Yeah. Like it's just, and it's weird, like little... Little stuff like that, that, you know, like that's, you know, and I think that's, I think every town has that. Yeah. Um, but I think for our population, that's pretty rare. You know yeah. I mean? That we have that many like decent creative people. And I do think that that's, that's the environment of this area. Mm-hmm. I think this, it's affluent enough that people have time to be creative. For sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's not, you know, there's not a constant struggle to be surviving. So right. people have the the opportunity to really kind of be creative. And that's mm-hmm. been like one of the things that like with the trust, you know, one of the, one of the issues when we were starting the incubator project with them, um, Sean and I were, you know, the issue was that if you want to be a functional artist, you need a space to work in. Sure. hundred percent. If you don't have a space to work in, you can't, you know, you can work at your home. You know, I had a studio in my house for years, right? But my work was suffered because, you know, I could go lay down and take a nap. Absolutely. And not that I don't do that in my studio, but mm-hmm. my studio is different because it's a working space. And like even the, even the nap I'm taking is pretty half ass. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just more of a, a time and whatever. But I'm still there to be able to function and make art and having the space to do and having the space to develop things. And some of the work I've been developing in there has been really, been really very proud of it. For sure. Um, Allowing myself to have that space has been important, but the big issue whenever I started talking, when we started talking to the trust about the incubator project was that, you know, the idea of getting space and paying for it is overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, especially really at is. this point in time in Greensburg, because it was, it was very difficult for us to even get an occupancy permit. We went to the, you know, the city and we're like, we want an occupancy permit for this building. And they were like, for what? And I was like, here's the money we want to occupancy. I was just like, here's cash. Like, why can't we just have this? And and they were like, for what? And I understand that they had their rules and whatever else, but the issue was like, we're two people that want to rent a space in a, in a very rundown town right at this point in time. Right. Like there was a lot of empty spaces, you know, in this thing, we're looking at one space in particular, Sean and I were, and Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then that's when we approached uh, Mike and the trust and Greg um, Kelly also as well. We talked about renting that space, and that the space that we started out with was that where Skylight Studios was. Yeah, Sky Sight, Skylight. I think autumn it was, stuff. I, it's yeah, autumn. It was Skylight. Yeah, and then she was there, and then Stage Right had stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So it was already kind of designed for an arts, and it was built. It was it's built for in a way that it was like the first space we had. It was separated into two mm. two rooms and had a middle area, and it was set to that we could share it evenly. And then it was just like that. And then we talked and then I was like, well, why don't you, you know, and then we're in this building and it's like this office building. And I'm like, but there's like empty office, empty office, empty office. Like the one office that I'm in now, the studio that I'm in now, the lady that was there, she was just never there. Right. She just got mail there and it was just kind of used as a PO box kind of in a, in a kind of deal. <laughs> but it was two spaces. Like it was two empty rooms that were just basically beautiful, 
like, you know, eight foot high ceiling, yeah. you know, no, 10 foot high ceilings and, you know, these giant spaces and they were just empty. And she, you know, so I started, we started talking to the trust about how to occupy that space, how to make that space more of an incubator, more of a, more of an opportunity for any, for individuals to be creative in that space and whatever it be, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, then it was, well, you also have this space down here. It's empty. Why don't you just put art there too? You know what I mean? It, right. it, it kind of, you know, and it kind of developed and then we worked towards getting the, you know, the art and alleyway going and that all, you know, so it's been, it's been slow, but it's going, you know, I think it's, it's, I think having an incubator downtown has been a very good thing for the, for sure. for the town. I do. Absolutely. I mean, there's tons of things going on in Greensburg right now. Yeah, like, no, there are. Like, yeah. This is a wild time. I feel like, you know, I lived in Latrobe, moved for college, came back, mm-hmm. lived in Greensburg, uh, moved out to Lancaster, came back, live in mm-hmm. Greensburg. And it's just like every time like I come back, there's something, you know, there's a buzz going on. Something, Something's happening. And it's, uh, you know, without the, without the trust, without the incubator spaces, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my whole idea at first was to, to buy this mobile equipment and be able to take it places mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> excuse me, just kind of like uh, what I do. Yeah. Kind yeah, of like how I like, mind set up. Yeah. You know, go to, go to places. And then I was thinking like, man, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I had a space? And I uh, went out to photograph some headshots for a kid. Um, and he said, why don't you check out the, uh, the incubator space in Greensburg? I had no idea what it was. I'd never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I went and I went around to check out these spaces, I found this and was just like, man, this is awesome. The rent is like crazy affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it enables people like us to be able to do whatever we want. You know, whether you're painting, whether you're doing a podcast, mm-hmm. whether you're a video guy, um, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, matter. I mean, it definitely, it, it, it gives the opportunity for you. And then also, I mean, with, as an artist, it provides legitimacy, I think in a lot of ways. Um, that's a big thing. You know, I mean, cause you know, I can be as, you know, you know, Jackson Pollock painted in his basement mm-hmm. for fucking 20 years before somebody found him. Right. You know, and somebody had to go find him. You know, there's no more Peggy Guggenheims going around looking for artists in the world. Right. You know, you have to really be able to put yourself out there and push yourself forward, which is, which is something I think as an artist, I think the arts has not necessarily engaged as much. Mm-hmm. I know the gallery system is not engaged as much. Right. You know what I mean? In regards to the fact that they're still approaching it very much like it's the 1940s and 1950s where people are going to galleries to buy things. Right. You know, and, and I'm still, I'm sure that's still happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, now with Etsy and, and you know, all this other thing, I mean, the Warholian idea and the, and the Joseph Boyce idea of this whole everyone is an artist and everything is art has really kind of taken off to the point where now where, you know, with Etsy, everyone's, an artist and they're selling stuff on Etsy at some point in time, it's gotten to the point where that's a detriment to the, to the art in itself. For because sure. There's just so much and there's so many people doing it and there's so many people saying to themselves, Oh, I'm an artist now. Right. And it's like, yes, you're creative. Yes. You have a good eye, whatever. But are you an artist because you've not spent, and I'm not, I don't mean to be a snob about it either. And I'm trying not to come off as a snob, but right. you haven't spent the time and that's taken to develop. Yeah. What it is to be like, you know, conceptually bound in, a, in a, as an artist. You know right. what I mean? Like if I bartend and work rock and roll shows so I can make art. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everything I do is to get art in the long run. Is to right. Make art, you know, and it's, it's one of those things. It's just, you know, that's, I think that it's a great thing, but it's also kind of a bad thing. The democratizing of art is good, but it's also at times bad because now everybody's 
doing it. Everybody's doing it. It just make it de- it devalues yeah. the the effort that's put into some things. I understand you know? what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, like coming from a photography standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, you know, phones getting better and better cameras and things hey, like that. Yeah, dude, you see, uh, you know, you're an actual photographer, you know, and you're on Instagram, you might have like, I don't know, 50, mm-hmm. hundred followers. Mm-hmm. And there's like, you know, some mom that went and had kids and decided to quit her job and, you know, takes pictures of her kids all day, every day. Yep. And she's like 30,000, 40,000. Well, but she's also buying followers. her followers too. Like, right? I mean, that's the thing, you know what I mean? And that's one of the other issues too, with like Instagram. And, you know, the thing I always say, anytime I approach anybody, about doing something with them is that, you know, I got a thousand followers on my Rever Dash Rocket likes people. Mm-hmm. It's actually Rev Rocket underscore likes underscore people. This is the <laughs> Super easy to find. Yeah, yeah, there really is. <laughs> Just type in Rev Rocket in Instagram, you'll be able to find it. Um, but, you know, with that, I mean, I got over a thousand followers in a month. Mm-hmm. Just that's good numbers, dude. Without, without any ads, without any with just sheer like yeah. push, like sheer, like follow, like, you know, I have, th- I have four accounts supporting each other. Right. So like I advertise on each of them, mm-hmm. like, but I'm doing my own kind of work yeah. in regards. I'm not using the Instagram formula. Yeah. Even though I really should, because it's quite easier. And honestly, it, yeah, yeah. It's there's just, a few systems out there that are like, have you ever heard the Gary V? Like, I think it's like, he calls it like a, a buck 80, a dollar 80. No system. It's something like, you know, you give your two cents, basically uh-huh. a comment mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, a certain number of, if I could do math right now, I'd figure it out. Okay. Two cents on, you know, so many things a day. Okay. And, uh, you know, those people will turn around and more than likely come back and do that to you. Um, okay. You know, I tried it for a little while. I tried it for a couple of days and you do get the engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. Uh, it's just a lot of time that you spend doing that. So, well, and that's, and that's the thing I think, you know, I think people, they don't, they don't appreciate the value that is, that is just sheer time. Right. You know, um, you know, I had, I, we, I've been talking to some, been talking to some guy about, we're going to start developing a television show, like or a live action kind of show that we've been working on. It's all very much in, in the initial take of everything. Right. But, you know, one of the things was, you know, he approached me about coming up, I'm like working on an idea. And I said to him, I'd like, before we met, I said, I'd like to, I'd like a pitch. And it, it was like, well, he's like, why am I pitching you? And I said, well, I'm the one that's going to put it together and make it happen. Right. So I want to know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm the one that's going to help you make it happen. So I need to know what you want to do. I understand that I don't have the value of money or the value of like all the camera equipment or whatever, right. but you're coming to me because you want it to be interesting, funny, different you think somehow i'll work into this he's coming to you for a reason yeah you you're saying to me that you want and i mean i think we've always talked about it back and forth him and i and it was just kind of like this kind of came up but it was like so my time is valuable to you for sure so let's let's work together to make that the most effective Mm -hmm. you know what i mean instead of having it be just kind of like a use you situation for both of us right i mean like so it's back and forth and i think that's what i think it's something I've always brought into the arts is that, you know, a way I've always approached art is, you know, even since when I started the rocket guild and stuff like that with, with Joey and them all, um, that collaboration, what was, what was more important? I, I don't, I don't like the ego of an artist, even though, mm-hmm. you know, even though like the whole joke, my whole joke is that I'm ego, you know, right. I mean, the whole joke of the whole bit is that I'm ego, but I don't, I don't like the idea of the ego of the artist because right. 
to me, the whole the whole joke of the Reverend Dasher Rocket and the whole like the parade coverage and all that stuff is that, you know, Sean and I, the guy that I really helped really was the beginning of the kind of the development of the whole Church of Dasherology jazz and all yeah. that, too, which was totally a joke. Um, because we both had the same look on things of like things are just too serious. Yeah. You just need to have fun. For sure. Like, it's really fun to draw boobs. Like, it's really <laughs> fun to draw boobs. And I'm not saying that. In a, and it's also really fun to draw penises, too. Yeah. I've drawn hundreds of penises. Same here. Hundreds of boobs. But I'm saying, like, for me, it's it's fun. And like, I don't have to justify that. Like, right. I don't have to say to someone, oh, I draw the male penis because of because the objectification of the male in the, in the Greek history. <laughs> which, which I have all the backing to do all those things. Right. But... It's also just really funny. Penises are funny to look at. And they're really fun is. to draw. And they're a ton of fun to draw. When I had a, in, in my figure drawing class, we had a male model mm-hmm. who had just the biggest dick ever. <laughs> he was huge. He was like a stripper. Like he, I mean, but it was. Lucky guy. Yeah. I mean, it was a giant <laughs> penis. And we would have our, our box exercise, which was like, he's pulled a box. Mm-hmm. And draw like a part of the body. It was just about drawing contour. So I'd always put on his penis. <laughs> Charles penis. My professor hated it. Beatrice hated that. She was like, why are you drawing his penis? I'm like, because it's a good penis. Look at penis. She's right. like, I know. But I'm like, <laughs> like, would you not want to draw that? She's like, I know. Yeah. It was a fun drawing. He used to get really uncomfortable in uh, critiques. That's hysterical. Because I would be very, very like complimentary of it the whole time. They're like, do you see how big it is? that's awesome yeah dude i mean like that's the thing like you know with art and things um comedy uh everything these days i mean there is a lot of you know watch your tone type of thing you know you're gonna get in trouble if you say certain things all that stuff but everybody i think really needs to kind of realize that you can relax. Like no, I, you're allowed I, to laugh at bad things. Like, well, I, it, it helps you. It does. I mean, <laughs> there is, you know, there is a, you know, I mean, I, I would consider myself in some ways a comedian, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, you know, I think there is aspects of comedy that is very therapeutic for sure. I and I, and I think that, I think that as an artist and as a comedian, as a person that's making creative things, I want people to laugh at them because I feel that's an easier emotion to get into. Absolutely. Like, like I can make you laugh quicker than I can make you cry. Mm-hmm. I, Cause quite honestly, I don't understand why people cry. I don't, I look at people crying and I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Like, why do you understand? I cried, um, like two years ago and like legitimately was legitimately sad and, and yeah. like, and legitimately cried and was like, Oh, okay. I get this. You get it. Yeah. But now, <laughs> but like, but when I see other people doing it, I just don't understand it. It's just, it's one of those empathy things that I don't have because right. it's the way I am. But you know, and that's, and that's the thing, but I understand how people laugh mm-hmm. and I understand how to make someone laugh. And that's been like, you know, there's that scientific study that I've read or I was reading, it was in radio lab. I think I heard it on another good podcast. Um, they, uh, they've done this study where they've checked people, read their brain waves while they're talking to someone in like different situations. Right. And when you crack a joke and you get a reception of someone laughing, it releases the same endorphins in your brain as like heroin. Really? Like, yeah, it's like your dopamine goes up so yeah. high and you're just like, you're like, ah. And that's like, in your brain, is, you've, you've trained yourself, at least people that, that use jokes as humor. Yeah. Um, as like, like as way, they, they train themselves to get it, to get a actual feedback, whether it be a dopamine or whatever, from that laugh. And that's like, I think that's a lot of what, you know, when you hear about comedians talking about like, I like the shows where like comedians are talking about being comedians. 
Yeah. Like I, I love the idea of, of people talking about telling jokes and writing jokes. And I, and like the show community, like, yeah. like that show, <laughs> I feel that show was very much about like Dan Harmon just saying, I wanted to go to college at this place. And, right. and you know, and he's just like making this world up. And I, and I think that that show is very critical of the idea of, of what it is to be an artist and what it is to be, you know, cause I mean, it's, you know, that shows about Abed creating this world around him mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and everything about that world is he's, you know, if you watch the transition of that, the progression of that show, Abed is slowly working everyone into his world. Yeah. And it's like this slow, gradual progression of everybody. And the last one to hold out is like the Jeff, you know what I mean? But then finally Jeff gets involved and it's like a fucking crazy house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like that in my own right, I think is something that I really, when I think about my art, I think that that's what I want people to do. I want people to come in and be entertained and by the end of it be like wow that was a really good time that dasher was a nice guy yeah i want to kind of i'd like to talk to him and then like then i'm not there you don't have to talk to me right but you know that's just the way it is dude i mean there's a there's a reason why you know myself my friends Mm -hmm. we all continue to come to toads is because like dude we like hanging out with you oh thank you it's fun you know we go we laugh you're an awesome bartender. That helps. Yeah, no, it's not and that. Then, uh, and you know, honestly, that's not even that hard of a skill. It's just a matter of getting drinks when people need them. Right. And remembering well, what people drink. Some people don't uh, pay attention. Well, you know, the other thing. <laughs> Sometimes fair. you'll sit there. There's a few bars. Uh, I think the around. worst I'd ever had. I mean, I, I the worst I ever had was in. I was in. Uh, fuck, where was I? We were in Erie. Yeah, we were in Erie. We were doing some gig up in Erie. And um, Billy Gardell, we were in Bill and Gar- Billy Gardell in Erie. And we went to this Mexican restaurant. And it was my my guy I went on roads with. And he, we were sitting there. And this lady walked over to us. She got us a drink. We told her what we wanted. And it was Mexican. So we figured it was be quick. Like, when you're, when you're on the road, that's one of those trick to the road. Is like, when you're on the road, eat Mexican or Chinese. Because they're always going to be fast. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, they'll bring it out. It's the same thing pretty consistently. It's true. You know, you just go there. They know what to do. This place was not like that at all. <laughs> this place, it took them like, like we told them what we wanted and we thought like, and then they brought us the drinks and then she disappeared. Never brought us chips and salsa. Oh man. Like never, like, well, you're like, I want cheese. Never brought that. And I was just like, where'd she go? That's not a good look. And all of a sudden she was gone. And like, like legitimately, like I looked all around the restaurant, like she was gone. <laughs> and it turned out she was outside having a cigarette oh, yeah. or two. Smoke breaks. You know? And it was just like, oh, okay, cool. Eventually we got our food, but then it just was terrible. But I'm not saying any negative thing about you, astronaut. I'm just saying it was not, not right. my cup of tea. <laughs> Waiting all that distance for it. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. Oh, no. But I mean, like, honestly, it's just like, I think that you've got a great sense of humor. And I think that, you know, if you're in tune with what you're doing, like mm-hmm. between your Instagrams, your paintings, uh, like the Rev, mm-hmm. things like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I can look at that stuff and... I laugh. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I see you post something like your self portrait series, like with the, yeah. you know, no face, but the yeah. beard and the yeah. glasses. And every time I see one of those, I chuckle. Yeah, it's funny. They're, they're supposed it's supposed to be funny. It is funny. It's awesome. Funny. Yeah. No, I, and that's the thing. Like, like I think it's comical too, because like, you know, as you know, this, the joke of an artist is that they're just so self-centered. Right. And so egotistical. And, what what else would an artist do is paint himself over exactly. and over again, and like that's what like like I had somebody say to me the other day like I was I've been doing these stickers I have a sticker scavenger hunt around town too, which is if you've seen any of my stickers, are you the one doing that I didn't know anything about that what are you talk about, dude, 
we went to a brewery. We went to the Invisible Man Brewery mm-hmm. opening the other night. Mm-hmm. There were legit a hundred people running around town. And I stopped the lady and I was like, what is it that you guys are doing? And she's like, we're on a scavenger hunt. We got to run. And she just booked it down the road. And I was like, well, I don't know. If that was me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, if that, if, if that was that, like, then they've not oh. tagged themselves correctly. Cause I was like, what the no, hell? I actually did the best, the best scavenger hunt I ever had was, um, I set up, I had an art show at the headkeeper a couple of Halloweens ago. Mm-hmm. And I had a scavenger hunt set up that the goal of the scavenger hunt was to find me, but I was in <laughs> South Carolina. Holy shit. So, <laughs> so what I had, and I had it all set up. I had like, I had, well, I had Sean who's, he was upstairs in the studio with my cardboard cutout, walking it to different windows periodically, Jeez. like throughout the whole thing. Um, I had like, I had plants, I had everything. I had clues, all this stuff. I went to different bars, did, did different things. And then like the only person got it was my friend, Lindsay. And she called me and she's like, you're in fucking South Carolina. <laughs> I went, yeah. And she goes, how can I win the scavenger hunt other than to drive to South Carolina? I'm like, ding, 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 you won. And she was like, she's like, that's the dickiest thing I've ever right. fucking seen. She's like, I've wasted hours on this. And I'm like, yeah. It's fantastic. But you've had a good time. And right. she's like, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and she's like, so what do I win? I'm like, oh, nothing. I don't have any, get, I'm in South Carolina. You come get me. You know, <laughs> that was kind of the joke. Was that they would have, because, um, and that was the thing, like, Yingling represented that, or Yingling was the sponsor for that. And Nate, who was the, the guy, he mm-hmm. he was he was definitely into it. But like at first, he was just kind of like, "So you're not going to be part of it?" And I'm like, "No." And I don't even remember <laughs> how like it happened. Like it was like we had it all set up, and then like I had to go. Yeah. And I just kind of worked it around so that it was like I was there, and I was making phone calls to people on the. I had plants within the crowd of the scavenger hunt people yeah. that I was making phone calls to them all night and like randomly like coaching them on that they're getting closer and things like that. Not knowing anywhere where they were. Cause I was in, I was on a beat. I was in a, I was on a Naval base in South Carolina building this gig. You know what I mean? It was right. just one of those weird things, but it was fun. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. things like that. It's, it's funny. It's yeah, funny. See, and that's the thing. Like it is, you get a good laugh out of it. I mean, especially I, to tell the story now, I don't know yeah. how people feel about it back. Then, and that's but. the thing I think people, and that's when I think people get involved in it. And it wasn't like, I don't ask, like, that's the big thing too, is I don't, I really don't, I don't ask for money for things. Like I, right. like when I try to do events and stuff like that, like I did, um, I hosted, I emceed the Rotary's trike and chug this year, mm-hmm. which I've been wanting to do for years. And it's just like, I, I've been wanting to do it and I just never been able to do it. And it was like, it always happens on the day of the, of the party in the parking lot for toads. And, and I couldn't get, you know, I never could get over there in time and finally worked it out. I was able to do it. And like, you know, they were able to give me a little bit towards things to kind of help cover up what I missed at toes, you know what I mean? But like, I, you know, I spent five hours announcing a trike and chug thing that I had no clue what was going on. Right. But I just had a good time. That's you know what I mean? And, about, it, and I mean, it was just fun and, and like people, I, you know, I engaged the crowd and I was able to do that stuff. And I really liked doing that live kind of stuff. I like doing that live interaction stuff because, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, if I have a microphone or a bar in front of me, I'm the most charming motherfucker in the world. Yeah. But like, you put me one-on-one with you in a chair and it's just like, what do you want to talk about? I don't, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like and I, that I go off on tangents about the Russian czars, which was one of the jokes <laughs> I had. So what are the, what I was going to do today? I was just, I would figure this out with you. I was thinking about this last night. I just realized it was a bad idea because it's just not good business. Um, I was going to come in here with like a list of things. Like, let's talk about these things. Okay. Right. And have the list of things all trigger Russian czar quotes. <laughs> 
just because I thought it'd be funny because I watched a lot of information about Russian stars. In preparation for this, I have, in preparation for this podcast, I have like watched multiple live podcast recordings to right. see like, and I realized I didn't wear a hat, which I think is like might make this not an official podcast. Uh-oh. I think like you have to wear a ball cap. Like you have yeah. a ball cap on. I always wear it. That's but, like, well, yeah, staple. I understand that. But if you look at podcast, Joe Rogan always wears a ball cap. Sometimes. Yeah, he always has like some sort of hat yeah. on or something. Um, or, or hood up. See, I can put my hood up. Right. Account. All of them are always wearing ball caps. Chris Hardrick, whenever he does yeah. his thing, he always has a ball cap on. He always wore a ball cap too. Um, Ryan Seacrest always has a ball cap whenever he has headphones on. Yeah. And I think that it's because headphones are uncomfortable. When you have a ball <laughs> cap on, it like holds them out. Yeah. A little bit it does. Yeah. But I but I also think that it's just, if, if you're going to have a real podcast, you have to have ball caps. You got to have a hat. I, I was going to bring one, but I figured I'd be a rebel. Shit. You well, know, hey, fuck him. that's you. You know, I don't want to be Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Neither do I. I mean, I would like to have Ryan Seacrest money. I don't maybe know if Ryan that. Seacrest audience, but I don't know that I can handle it. What is his audience though nowadays? Who knows? Everyone. I mean, well, he's on everything. <laughs> Wait, is he is he on TV still? Um. Well, definitely around New Year's, he's got the. Is he doing Dick Clark? He's yeah. He is the he's, new Dick Clark. That sucks. Yep. That's probably a whole year thing. Yeah. That's probably a whole year gig. He probably don't have to do much else. Probably not. Because, I mean, he's probably on it, like, marketing and mm-hmm. everything-wise. He's, like, on the name. What was the show that he was? Was he on American Idol? He was American Idol, yeah. He was, he was I, that I guy. don't know if he's still on it, though. I don't think he is. Or maybe he is. Well, he does Top mm-hmm. 40 now. He's Casey Kasem. Mm-hmm. He's done that. And that's that right there is. But how viable is that now? I don't know. Because, like, do you know what the Top 40 is? Like, have you listened to? No. I mean, I'm trying to, like, is iTunes, do they have a top four? I mean, they have, like, their own they generated. They definitely do. But it's their um, own generated top 40. Right. Like, it's an iTunes top 40. I like, try not to listen to, like, the radio. Like, college, or not college. I don't even know where that yeah. came from. Um, I try not to listen, like, to the radio as much as possible. Um, it's just, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, 95% of the music that is played, like, on, like, the top 40 stations right yeah. now. yeah. Every once in a while, like I said, something catchy that will, marshmallow will come song. out. The Which marshmallow, marshmallow, oh. think of me. Yeah, or what, that. That what are, Yeah, yeah, that fucking song. That catchy. thing's catchy. Oh, um, that dude, I run into Katy Perry songs that yeah. like are super. Yeah, catchy. my daughter was really into Katy Perry for yeah. a bit, and there was just like times it was just like that one record where she has like Cal- that um, California Girls. Yep, teen, that's a really solid record, dude. It really is. Yeah, and like, and hey, I own. I own at least three Taylor Swift vinyls bought at yeah. Rabbit Hole Record Store. <laughs> I have a on my Spotify. I have a, a playlist. It's called Guilty as Fuck. Yeah. And dude, it's chock full of Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, uh, some old Britney stuff. See, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A, I, I mean, Michelle Branch. Is that the Thousand Miles Girl? She did. Yeah, that is everywhere ha- to me. She also did the Thousand Miles song. Where she oh, plays yeah? piano. She's I, in, I don't yeah. know if I heard it. Yeah. I'm sure I have heard it, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, trust me, it. she's definitely done that. And she um she was in that other she's in like a country group too, like in some sort of country really? outlaw group. Yeah. Dude, she's awesome. With some chick, um what the fuck? Allison. Some young girl who's a country music person. Yeah. And her are in a in like a country rock and roll band. Like That's kind awesome. of a, in the, I, I don't you know, and I think it's pretty chick heavy. Like, yeah. it's like Dixie Chicks kind of stuff, but it's not terrible well that's pretty cool show branch yeah she's the one that has that video where she drives or she rides around on a back of a truck with playing a piano 
Was that that's, her? That's Thousand was Miles. It? Yeah, that's All that song. Right. I've seen. I've seen yeah. like on YouTube and yeah. stuff like searching yeah. through. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, that's definitely her stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty great. Speaking of the music scene, you touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to say like how cool it was. You know, back when I was younger. Uh, first going into the bars and stuff and like mm-hmm. seeing some of the guys from like Zao yeah, yeah. or the theory or uh, you know, any of the other bands around here um, just chilling at the bar, having some drinks, yeah, you know, and then like slowly but surely, you know, you start to know these guys and stuff like that. Just normal uh, dudes. Um, but it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, you know, I mean, and that's what I think is nice about, you know, um, I think about here is that, you know, people in Greensburg feel safe now that they can just be normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't, I don't think that, you know, I don't think, I don't think any of the guys from Zayo would ever say that they're like rock stars or anything like that. Right. I mean, yeah. None I of them mean, would ever. Like, yeah. I mean, and I, and I know that like probably a few members of Julian Atta Theater might say that, but if they do, we'd, I'd make fun of them. Right. Um, but <laughs> you know, that's just the thing. Like, it's like, you know, it's their home. So it's cool. And I mean, and I think it's the thing. And I mean, if you, if you have enough people around you that are creative like you, then you can kind of just be creative. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. That's like, I mean, that's like the thing with the incubator is that, you know, the, the idea, the goal of the idea of the, you know, the kernel of the idea of the incubator was that for Sean and I, who for a very long time worked collaboratively for, you know, on projects together back and forth, he would take pictures. I'd give him ideas on things, you know, whatever, back and forth. We'd always work collaboratively. And, you know, when we were separate in the studio, we, we weren't able to do that because we weren't working together in the same space. And that was very much what that was about. It was about, like, one, he's an amazing painter, and I just mm-hmm. wish he would paint more. And he doesn't, and that's why I thought maybe he would do that, and he doesn't do that yet. But it's still he's yeah. painting again. I, mean, I hope he is. But, you know, and it was a matter of us, two. We were able to encourage each other and also kind of bounce ideas off each other as well. Yeah. And that's what I think is important like when, it, when you're an artist is, you know, to have that community that's there. You know, For I mean? sure. you know, you can't sit, like I said, you just can't sit alone staring at the fucking wall yeah. and stuff because everything you're going to do is just about your stuff. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. I think that's, I, you know, as an artist, I did that for so long was like working on my own stuff and whatever. And, you know, it wasn't until like I started being like, you know what, I'd rather do stuff for people and have them interact. Yeah. I started doing life paintings and started doing, you know, the different interactions, wrote those weird books I wrote and this is different stuff I did. And, you know, just they're, the point of them is to just make people laugh. And right. even if they're not helpful to them, even though I still think some of them are helpful. Cause I wrote, I wrote two self-help books. I wrote the, I think it's what it's title. I forget its title, but it's the modern man's guide to dating in the modern age or something like that. And it's, <laughs> it's just a photo book. It was actually my thesis from graduate school. It's a photo book of me on a date with a mannequin head <laughs> at the headkeeper. With Sarah, Sarah, Sarah's the waitress, and it basically is like a step-by-step guide on how to properly go on a date with a mannequin head, who you're, who's supposed to be a girl, and right. it has like helpful hints, like tell her that you know karate, so she feels safe, <laughs> and and like, and I did things like I put little blurbs and things, and and like, and you know, like that's the thing that results in this progression of of the of the art and of the Reverend Dasher Rocket as a whole. I'm getting like dry mouth here. Um, Do you want more water? I have water. I have Coke. I have Coke. Oh, okay. All right. Coke keeps your throat fresh. 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 <laughs> it's all that carbonation. Yeah. The bubbles. Yeah, I think it's like really important to collaborate with mm-hmm. like-minded people. That's a big thing. I think like yeah. once I left the corporate world 
and kind of went off on my own to do my mm-hmm. own business. That was something that, you know, there were people that I worked with that, you know, I could connect with, uh, on a creative level, mm-hmm. um, outside of the corporate like rat race. But, you know, I would see those people all the time. But then when I started working for myself, mm-hmm. you know, dude, I'm sitting there by myself for 10 hours a day, just mm-hmm. like not speaking. Like I wouldn't yeah. even say words. Yeah, and, know. uh, you know, that really started to bug me. And I told my wife, I said, you know, this is, this is my dream. I love this. I love working mm-hmm. for myself, but I'm incredibly lonely right now. Yeah. yeah like no, it's insane. Yeah, it's very much. So I really do over the last year, I've really tried to, you know, use my time wisely mm-hmm. and connect with people, people, you know, old friends, new friends. Yeah. And really just try to collaborate with people. And I, I mean, and that's, you know, that's the thing a lot of times what I do, you know, I have, I'm working with some guy, you know, I have people come to the studio that just kind of hang out and then we just, we try to write jokes. Yeah. We try to write bits. We try to write sketches, whatever, you know I mean? Just, just due to the fact that it, like, you know, for me, you know, my interaction with people, because my default is not interacting with people. My default is just being alone. <laughs> right. And, you know, so I've always had the vibe that like, if you're interacting with someone, you should be doing something. Like mm-hmm. You should be productive. Like everyone always wants me to go kayaking with them. Yeah. Okay. And this is completely off topic, but it, when every time that we, like the last, I went kayaking one time, my, the girl I was dating talked me into oh, canoeing one other time. Both of the times this exact same ha- thing happened. The first, the canoeing I was drinking on, so it was a little bit less of a problem. This time I was just, it just was, it was just not drinking. So mm-hmm. an hour into kayaking down the river, I'm like, can we stop doing this and go do something else now? Like, this is boring. Right. Like, look, we've, like, we've gone from point, we've done this for an hour. Like, what else is there to do? Like, you know, is like, are we going to pull over? Is there like a rope swing? <laughs> right. Like, you know, is there something to do? Because to me, that leisure time of just hanging out, and I guess people enjoy that, but for me, it's not, it's not enjoyable. It's right. a leisure time of hanging out with someone. I'm just like, well, what do you want to talk about? Like, we have mm-hmm. to figure something else to do. You know what I mean? And that's one of those things I think it's just, so I don't, I'm not a good companion on kayaking. Trips. Yeah. I mean, I am. I always, I feel like, you know, again, since like I kind of started my own thing and mm-hmm. like I'm doing that, I always feel like I have to be busy. Yeah. That's like, and if I, if I, if I take a day off, you know, mm-hmm. and I just sit on the couch and like veg out, like come 1130 in the morning you know, I slowly sit there and start to feel guilty. And I'm like, well, everybody else is at work. I should be doing something. Well, there is that thing. Yeah. You do feel that you feel, you know, there's that societal expectation that you, that you need to be at work from Monday through Friday, nine to five and whatever else. It's nuts. And and it's not that, you know, it's comical when people will say to me, Oh, can I see you? Can I come up and meet you in your studio? And it's like, yeah, well, when are you in your studio? Like after seven, Mm -hmm. like three days a week, you know what I mean? Or I'm there at like, 2 a.m. to like 6 a.m. Yeah. Because it's the only time I could get in there to do anything. It's a good time to work because there's no one out there. I could spray, you know, I could spray adhesives and shit on. No one's going to bitch about it. You know what I mean? So to me, working in the middle of the night is a good time to work. Yeah. You know, but it's, you say to someone, well, when do you want to be there? Well, couldn't you be here tomorrow at 10? It's like, well, yeah, I can, but I have to get up at, you know, like I could just sleep there, you know, which is not, right. not I'm not going to do that. But, you know, it's just the issue of like, People are very much, they have their own agenda of what we should be doing. And I, and I think that artists as a whole have, have, have allowed themselves to be victim of that. For you sure. I mean, and you know, you look at, 
you look at all the pictures of Picasso and or all the pictures of like Matisse and whatever else, they're all doing something. Yeah. They're always painting. They're always active. They're always making art. Like you never see an artist just sitting there thinking, which as an artist, most of your time is spent thinking. It certainly is. You know what I mean? Like there, there are times that like I just spend, like I'll sit in my studio for days and just think. Mm-hmm. And it's, but the point is that I'm just there in the space that if, if something comes up, I can immediately make it. Yeah. If something, you know, if something I need to make something, I have a camera there to write it down. I, whatever, you know I mean? It's a matter of having that space and having the freedom to just kind of go yeah. whenever you need it. And that's, if you spend a lot of time thinking, you spend a lot of time thinking. You yeah. I mean, even if I'm sitting in bed and I'm still, I still consider it busy time. Oh, for sure. You know I mean, like, you know, like whenever I'm meditating or whatever I decide to do, it's like, you know, if I'm watching TV, I'm still thinking about other stuff. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, you know, and that's the thing. Like I, you know, I keep notepads with me everywhere I go because, you know, I have to, cause I'm always trying to write down shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it be a joke, whether I hear somebody say something funny, whether it be just a bit that I think of real quick or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's notepads everywhere all around me at yeah. all times. with just weird shit written on them. And that don't awesome. make sense. That don't make sense. Unless right. you like look at them and they're like, Oh, what the hell is this about? But right. you knew like, that day I was on, a weird amount of like I smoked too much weed that day and I was really tired I mean I just think everyone's got their own kind of everyone's got their own flow and things yeah. and yeah what I think that you know art is doing you know let's just say for this town specifically I mm-hmm. think is really just kind of like you know like you said just giving people an opportunity to kind of be themselves and relax and create and you know yeah. enjoy yeah even if you're not the one creating yeah. Enjoy. No, those I, I mean, who and are. that was, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I think, I think with the incubator project, with, you know, the things that the trust has put in place and with other, with other aspects and avenues in the, in the area. Um, I think that it's very much about, it's giving the town an opportunity to find a chance to create, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is something this town hasn't had in a while. Right. You know what I mean? Um, again, it, it, it comes with its, its hits and misses. You know, you have a lot of, like when you have people that are creative and you have just a bunch of people putting into the situation and not all of it is, is, is great. Not all of it is great. Not everything I do is great. Right. Like if I fucking do terrible shit all the time. And like, yeah, and you know, so, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's a matter of just like, if I do something that's terrible, if I tell a bad joke or if I, if I, you know, if I say something wrong in a situation that I shouldn't say, or, you know, I try to either build upon it and make it better or I go back to it and I review it and I check it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when I was, pre- when I, you know, in, in preparation for, you know, for things like live action stuff and like, like my live parade coverage, we should cover that at some point. For um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I do like, because they are about what I want to cover. It's not about like, you know, like when I did the commentary of, of the trike and chug, at some point in time, I got it in my head that Isaac Newton hated tricycles. <laughs> and, and, and I just repeatedly would, I was just bailing at home. Like, at Isaac Newton hated tricycles because they divide gravity. And that's the problem. And, and that's and like, and at one point in time, someone just like walked up to me and they're just like, what are you saying about Isaac Newton? And I'm like, well, that he hated tricycles. And I wonder the whole thing. And she was like, that's not true at all. And I'm like, and I'm like I know. But it's still funny, right? Like you're laughing. It is funny, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, like that's all matters." You tell a room, well, not a room, but I mean, you're outside. But you tell a a bunch of drunk people riding tricycles that Isaac Newton hates tricycles, dude. People are going to believe did. it. He right? legitimately did. There's a lot of writings from it. Yeah. The, the, the lesser known writings of Isaac Newton is about how he dislikes tricycles as a whole. He thinks that they're just not 
suitable means of transportation. <laughs> and I and I don't disagree with them. They're not. I it, when it comes to Isaac Newton and his views on tricycles, I'm 100 percent behind it. All right. Well, he does. That's awesome. Them. But let's talk about that. Uh, oh yeah. Let's get into your more of your individual projects. Like last week, Kelly actually was saying that you during the music fest had one of the rider trucks. Yes. Yeah. I didn't, where was yours parked at? I was parked down below. I was down in the, uh, in the, in the, in the fringe lot. Okay. What I think it was called. Yeah. So that's yeah. where, that's where all the awesome bands were. Yeah. I mean, where the all the, all the, all the bands were awesome. But that's where like fucking dinosaurs were. Yeah. And, uh, like that, pack and yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Was pack there? Yeah. Pack was there. Uh, I didn't even pay attention. We were actually having dinner whenever they played and I was real bummed out to find out that they were done. Was that Zayo's band? That's like the guys from Zayo. Uh, yeah, so Scott, Russ was playing drums. Scott's in there. Yeah. Um, Josh Feeler yeah. is and, in the band. And Russ was playing drums. Is Russ in the band? Russ was playing drums that day. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know why. He just played drums. Huh. Yeah. Russ, that's, he's a drummer. He'll always tell you that. Yeah. He's, he was a drummer first. He's not a guitar player. He's a drummer. Dude's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he's just an incredibly talented guy. All of them are. Yeah, no, they are. Um, They're all good guys, too. But yeah, so like what in your... What did you do in your gallery space, your rider truck? Well, I mean, I basically turned it into a touring gallery. You know, mm-hmm. I just had my artwork hanging on the side of it. And then inside the, inside the, um, so when the trust came out, they, they had this idea of doing this like U-Haul project. And, yeah. I, and I knew that, you know, I knew that most likely everybody was just going to kind of hang their artwork inside the U-Haul, maybe fuck with the lights a little bit or whatever and make it, make it unique and whatever, which is fine. I'm not, dis- not, not thinking it's funny, but. Right. But it's not, it's not funny. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, so I rented a U-Haul because I didn't know we were getting Penske trucks. But I know we were getting Penske trucks. I would have rented a Penske truck, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting Penske trucks. So we got it. I rented a U-Haul and, um, oh fuck. I called them rider trucks, whatever. Penske's. Well, they're Penske trucks. They're they they Penske. Yes. Penske. They're very, very large supporters of the cultural trust. Yes. Um, so I rented a U-Haul and, and went on a date with a clown. Nice. In the U-Haul. <laughs> and then in the back of the Penske truck was a little viewing booth of sorts. So you went up and you got in and you sat down. There's some choose, choose chairs there and there was a little table and a projector. And you just got to watch the video of me going on a date, which was silent. Mm-hmm. And there's no sound, but there was subtitles <laughs> throughout the whole thing on like, well, what I was doing right. Right. So um, and it kept over and over again. It would say things like expert. It would also provide facts. Like it was one of the best facts I had in there was that um, was that chicken wings first of all the perfect date food, for sure. And then that out the first chicken wing was eaten by Alexander the Great. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a very little known <laughs> fact, but it's true. It's true. It's true. That's like and, that, and, that, and you know and that's one of the things that like um, I think with everything I do is it, it's very much about that idea of if you push it and you say it's true, it's true. Right. Who cares. It, it works for works for certain people that have, that are literally in the White House. It certainly you, you does. Know, I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want. Right? It just, yeah, that's true. Like a hurricane's going to hit Alabama, or or that or that New Mexico is part of Mexico, right? Or there's a ball in Colorado. Um, I mess with my wife like this all the time. I will go and I will make up something on the spot about something all the time, and I will go deep into facts about why it is the way that I'm saying that it is. Yeah, yeah. and She'll look at me. Mm-hmm. She'll get like real curious. She'll be like, "Whoa, I never realized that." And immediately, my kicker, my fucking happiness 
comes from me saying, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, it's there's the greatest so much thing to that. ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to it. It's like, um, you've been following Greensburg facts on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Or yes. Like Greensburg PA facts. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, whoever that is, and I don't know who that is, and, and and it's not me. I just wanted everyone to understand that it's not me. They've is been it? around for a while. Yeah, and it's not that. And like honestly, like yes, it's definitely my sense of humor, mm-hmm. but I cannot do things that well. Like like right. that, that person like actually can spell, <laughs> and like you know, like they have like etiquette and like you know, like know how to use sentences. Yeah, you know, me, I'm just like boobs. Boob, boob. <laughs> Um, but you know, boobs, dicks. Yeah, and you know, but <laughs> but in, in talking to them because you know, I really. I really like their humor. Yeah. I like what they're trying to do. And I remember whenever they um they posted that one, it was a big deal. It was this one about vaping at, at Dick's and going to catch a movie or something like that. It was some it was it was a while ago. It was probably the beginning of the summer and it was just a random. Oh, I didn't post. see it. But everyone got all fired up because everyone was all mad and told her like told whoever it was that they need to stop posting these non factual things about Greensburg. Right. right? And I and like Whenever I was talking to them and I just said, you know, I was like, like, but that's your fact. Right. Like if it's factual to you, then it's a fact. And and they're like, oh, and, you know, it was yeah. kind of like, it was that thing. It was that real, like, like, yeah, your Greensburg facts are yours. <laughs> like, fuck them. If they don't like them, fuck them. Right. It's your fact. That's what you do when you go to the fucking dicks. Go to dicks and do that. Do it. Great. It's funny. I like, there's people out there that like, they get their humor from the onion and things like that. But if they turn around and, you know, they see something like this and they get fired up about it, it's such a weird thing. Like, it's satire is fucking yes. hysterical. Yeah, no, and, and like, and like, The Onion has gotten me times with stories that, like, I've legitimately yeah. looked at stories on The Onion and not realized it was an Onion. Or exactly. Like, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. You know, and you could catch them. And I mean, the way they're written, they're written beautifully. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's such a good joke. Like, they're so good at that. But I mean, that's the thing. And I mean, you know, and I think there's a lot of satire to, to it, you know, like even with my parade coverage, like that's a it's very satiristic. And, and it, yeah. is that the word satiristic? Could be. You made it up. It's, it's yours. It's mine now. Fuck satiristic. Em. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. That's Tell me that's about re- the parade coverage. I want to hear. Rec- that's, a, that's in record now too. So like yeah. satiristic, I called it. That's you. TM. Well, okay. So how many have you done? This would be my third, my, my third annual. So, yeah, when is that happening? Um, shit, November 28th, 23rd? Okay. It's, uh, shit, I mean, hold on. It, yeah, I mean, hold on, I need to look real quick. because it's, right. it's the same date as. Um, <clears throat> but it is the Thanksgiving. It's the. Like the, the parade that happens it's the, here. It's the Greensburg Holiday Parade. I don't yep. think they technically, it's November 23rd. Okay. At. Noon, I think, is what they go off or eleven. Okay, yeah. I know it's always at a at a point in time where Jordan forgot the fucking cornbread or Jordan forgot the goddamn uh, cranberry sauce or something. Yeah, well, and no, I it's, have it's to it. run out through town and I'm yeah, like, God damn yeah. it, there's a parade yeah, going on. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely the holiday. Yeah. It's like right after around. It's it's like the day after. It's the weekend after yeah. Thanksgiving is holiday. We always have day. like. Thanksgiving, yeah, and then we have to have it with the other family, yeah. and then yeah. the other family. So we got like four or five days yeah. of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I understand going on. that. Yeah, it's too much. But at one point, I heard that you were on a roof top yeah. at yeah. some point. Yeah, last year we did coverage from on top of on top of the Westmoreland Cultural Trust building, um, because you know I think there's something about parades that people don't you know we see the front, mm-hmm. we see the the, the the dancing, we see the marionettes doing their spinny things, we see the 
Boy Scouts on their floats, but we don't see what's inside the cars. Yeah. And I felt that that was important from on top of the roof to report on what was going on inside all of the automobiles, which a lot of times it was just full of candy yeah, or it was people. But, you know, I do feel that, that these people did not clean their cars properly for the whole <laughs> duration of the parade. And I made comments about that, I, you know, and that's what the parade was about. I was very excited to see inside what they were doing. Yeah. You know, because some of them had candy. Some of them just had like their bills. Uh-oh. You're going to be in a parade. Just clean know? that out. And I hope that this year that they, that, that maybe some of them watched the coverage yeah. and were aware and do a better job. And do a better job of cleaning right. outside because you don't know where I'm going to be this year, <laughs> where <laughs> I'm going to be recording from this year. Some people I could I could even be in the parade yeah. if, if, it, if, it, if I could figure that out. But I think there's a form, and I don't, I'm not very good at forms. You That's should why I need an intern. A camera mounting on, the, on, the, on a Segway, pointing back at you, doing live coverage, roving coverage. It's something to think about, maybe for the next few years. What would... Would we, a segue? I mean, how would we get a segue though? That's I don't my, know. I mean, can you? Maybe somebody would let you borrow one. Just, do you have a segue? I don't. Okay. Do you know anybody <laughs> that has a segue? I don't. Yes, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> like, I don't know anybody that owns a segue. I don't know anybody that's ever owned a segue. I don't know. But that would be funny. That would be awesome. Because it would be just me falling off a segue the whole time because <laughs> I don't know how to ride a segue. I could get one of those, um, Hoverboards, hover? No, not this hover. Yeah, like a hoverboard. No, those those little things with wheels. Yeah, just like ee. do that, but then I just fall off and break my head the whole time. Those things are actually pretty easy. I know, but not for me, right? Like not whenever I'm trying to like do actual parade coverage because yeah. it's very much me. Like, ooh, what's that? What's that? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I just don't take my medication that day. That's literally what it is. I just don't take my yeah. pills and just like get crazy in the thing. What else you got going on? You got the parade coverage. I'm doing the parade yeah. coverage. Yeah, that's like the big one. And it's uh, mm-hmm. and I just want to say that the once again, the rabbit hole record store is uh, sponsoring it. And they, the deal is for their sponsorship is that if I get arrested, they're going to bail me out. Nice. That's their sponsorship. So they get, they get as much. That's the best kind of sponsor. Right yeah, there. no, really. And that's, and that was, that was, that was confirmed today <laughs> while I was getting coffee. Well, not getting coffee. I was getting a tea and Tommy was just there and I said, Hey, you're going to do this again. He went, yeah. I went, okay. Awesome. But yeah, so I'm doing that. Um, I have this, I have the scavenger hunt that I have around town where I've been putting, I, well, there's a, there's, there's different items of mine that are in stickers that they're not permanent and that will be easily removed. And if, if anyone ever has any issues with it, can easily talk to yeah. me and I will come and get them off there. It's not a problem. Um, but if you would want to, you could put, take yourself a picture of yourself with them and then send it and I have prizes, which might be more stickers. Do you actually have prizes? I do. I do. Okay. No, they're just more stickers. Good. <laughs> I just, I just drew a bunch of stickers and that's like the prizes I figured I would give away. Awesome. You can have like a, you can customize, I'll customize a sticker. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the prize. That's if you fun. can, if you can say, I'll, you can tell me something to draw as a sticker and I will do that. Awesome. Your, if you win, but you have to win by getting a picture with the thing, the other sticker, the other sticker that I don't know where they're <laughs> at and I may or may not have put them there, that's but awesome. if they need to be removed just to cover. Yeah. I will gladly come and do that. They're very easy to come off. They should actually, most yeah. of them should be off by now. It's, I mean, I think that's the new way to do graffiti. That is the new graffiti artist is basically you put your stickers up and eh. uh, that way, eh. you know, just take well, it right see, off. That's the, you know, I, mean, I knew a guy that used to go to the mail, uh, used to go to the post office and he would get, he would get stickers and really he would quick. do graffiti on those yeah. and then slap those things. Yeah. Up. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's something that's, it's been pretty normal in the culture yeah. at that point, you know what I mean? But, you know, I think that 
and graffiti is such a harsh term for whatever it is. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't, again, I think, you know, as an artist, as a public artist, which I think is anymore at this point in time, you know, I've always said to what I, what, you know, when I say to someone, I, well, I want their, you know, if I want to do a mural or space, I say, you know, I just need you to give me trust in, in the space, give me time mm-hmm. and, and just, and just let me do it. Like, let me do what it's going to be. It's going to develop into something amazing. I have an amazing idea at the end of it. It just might take a while. Yeah. For no other reason than just size and, and time constraints and letting things dry and, you know, whatever. But the, the, the final project I have is an amazing fucking thing. And it's like, you know, when you, when, you go to, when you go to approach someone for a mural or you approach someone for doing a project, you know, in, in, in locally, they're very much about they want final results. They want to see a drawing. They want to have this. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, and when you're doing like a mural on the outside of a building, it's not, it's not that easy. Right. Like, you know, I can do a drawing and have it cast in, you know, whatever. But like, I also like the idea that the fact that when you're painting outside, people come up and ask you what you're painting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like kind of give you other ideas on other things. And I mean, and to me, you know, anytime I do, community art or public art or whatever, you know, one of the things that I enjoy about it is the interaction I have with the artist or the interaction I have with everyone else, because it's, it's a time where I'm, I'm doing what I love to do and what I feel that I'm most capable of doing. And then I can interact with people on a level that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's really what it is. You know what I mean? So I think that's one of the things that whenever you, when you approach a community, when you approach people about making art for them is, you know, you have to say like, the biggest thing that I need you to give me is trust yeah. that you're going to give me an X amount of dollars or X amount of space and I'm going to make something with it. Mm-hmm. But I just need you to trust me and not like sit over me and hover over me. Cause it might take, it might come out looking a little bit different than what you thought. Right. It's not that it's going to look at bad. It's just, it might look a little bit different than you thought yeah. because some people get really weird about stuff. Dude, Art evolves. Yes. Um, I mean, Everything does, even yeah. digital. I mean, like I, I make videos. I make a lot of videos on YouTube and stuff. And in the beginning of that process, I have an idea of what I want this video to be about. But then when I start talking and I start thinking like, hey, maybe this is more valuable. Things change by the end of it. Art's an evolving process. And, you know, I think that's important. Yeah, no. And I think and I think that's why I think for me, when I work and like do video stuff and do live stuff. You know, I, I do love the improv, improvisational, right. the element of it. I don't, I don't, I really try not to write bits. I really try not to write mm-hmm. jokes. I really try, I really try to, you know, like my research for things is like, I, you know, I'll watch a whole bunch of facts about Russian czars. Like right. that's like, honestly, and that was like the thing, if you, you know, if, 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 if I, if, if my better nature would not have, un- <laughs> we, we would literally be into an elaborate conversation about Russian czars by now. Most of it made up, mind you, too, because yeah. like my knowledge of Russian czars are enough that I have enough working knowledge to be able to speak intelligently about them. About it. But also have enough working knowledge to be able to completely fabricate a lot right. of lies about it. And that's like the thing. Like, that's what makes it funny. It's storytelling. Absolutely. You know, when you tell a story, the goal of telling a story is to make someone intrigued by it, have somewhat of a working fact, factual line to it. Yeah. If you're telling history stories, if you're just making up stuff. But, you know, and then also kind of be charming and mm-hmm. be entertaining and make the story worth listening to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's, I think I learned that at the bar, you know, like just talking to a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like, if you aren't able to, you know, I watched, um, I was down at, uh, it was at tequila cowboy. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, Tequila Cowboy. And there was there was a guy there that was, was a bartender, and he was very much like close to my age, kind of same kind of like kind of not same look, more more hicky, like more like more country. Yeah, I think it just might have been the environment he was in. But I could tell he was a stand up, like he was straight up a stand up because yeah. he was running routine on every person he walked up to the bar. And I mean, and I don't mean that in a negative thing, but like his interaction with everyone was jokes. Like it yeah. was, it was he was starting a routine, and I watched him, and I was I was sitting with my friend Mike who was he was there and. I remember saying, I'm like, watch him. He's doing a fucking routine. And like, yeah. like what? I go, watch. That's joke one. And I'm like, okay, that didn't do well for them. So he's going to go around here and he's going to try joke one over here. And, you know, and he, he did. And I, when I was listening, uh, I mean, I loved it. Like, I yeah. was like, that's the best way to do that. Like, if for you're sure. going to practice jokes, it even makes drunk people laugh because that's who, the only people that are going to be doing it. And yeah. Yeah. But there was something about that was disingenuous to me, too. It was like, <laughs> right. like, because it's so canned. Yeah. And it's so practiced and it's so, and that's, and that's one of the things I think why I, I don't, I haven't done stand up and why I'm so scared of doing stand up. I really don't, I want to do stand up, but I'm just frightened of the mm-hmm. idea of it. I've thought because, about it a million times. Because I just, I don't do one, two, three jokes. Right. And, and I do, you don't have to do that in stand up. And I understand it's more storytelling, whatever, blah, 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 Seinfeld, but Seinfeld still did one, two, three jokes. Yeah. Everybody writes their material. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got yeah, their hour. Yeah. Everyone, and, it, you know? and it's like, and you think about that and it's not that I don't have an hour. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't have five minutes, but I don't know if that I can get from point A to point B in my routine. The same way. The same way every time. Right. And I know that there are comedians that are like that. Mm-hmm. I know that there are. But they're really good comedians and they're really fucking funny. Yeah. And there's like an aspect of that, that like that level of going from point A to point B where you don't have a tie in. It's so hard to get to. Right. And I mean, it's like that with art too. You know, you have an idea of what you start with and you have an idea of what you want to end with. And where you get there is 18 different steps. Right. Yeah. But when you're doing stand up or when you're doing one on one in action, you really have to kind of have it fucking honed down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's why I think. I mean, I think that's just the important part of telling a good joke, making art too. Yeah, talk about art and making jokes, dude. I art jokes. That. They go hand in hand. Art jokes. Art jokes. I have this painting where I, I used to do paintings where I would get thrift store paintings, and then I would paint cartoon characters life size, and then just glue them on top of thrift store paintings, and then <laughs> and try to take them back. To the thrift stores, which is like a terrible cartoon drawing on top of a yeah. of like a bald dude that says like art whore on his head on his shirt. But that was like my phrase I always loved was art whore. Because it's like kind of what you do. Yeah. Whore, I mean art art is basically very low grade prostitution. Because I mean you're basically because right. you're you're trying to be entertaining, provide something that doesn't necessarily have value to a group of people that want value out of it. And you're like, right. oh, yeah. Interesting way to look at it for Here's sure. Here's some colors. Yeah. Paint some colors on a paper canvas. Yep. You can have it if you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, and I mean, and that's, I don't know. That's one of those things that I think with art in general that I think is problematic about it too, is because that there is the commodity approach to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's one of the things I say to like people that want to meet me to do, to do commission or whatever. I'm like, well, what do you want? What do you want to pay for it? Yeah. Like, what is it? What's the value to you? Do you do many commissions? I've done, I've got, I got a couple this year, you know Good. what I mean? I couple, I've probably got five this year. You That's know, awesome. I mean, honestly, incredible. since, since the, um, the music fest I've done, people have been more responsive. I also just think it's cause I put myself out there. Yeah. I normally don't do that. I normally don't want to be part of it. And if I am there, I'm doing my own yeah. thing. But you know, I think with that, I had enough of a, 
a standing back role and I was able to kind of just enjoy myself yeah. and kind of sit there and I was able to engage with people in the way I wanted to engage with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I had a good enough buffer of people that, that were there that, that know me well enough to know. And I also think that a lot of times people, you know, hear me talk about making art and never saw me do anything. Right. You know, not that I don't do anything, but I was doing stuff in Pittsburgh. I, you know, I, you know, I don't do stuff. I wasn't doing stuff around here a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was one of those things where it was like, well, here I am. This is what I do. Yeah. You know, I sold two panes there. That's all. That awesome. was nice. At the music yeah. fest? Yeah, at the music fest. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, I mean, they weren't, you know, they weren't huge sales, but they were worth it. You yeah. Know? It made the, made the booth, made the time there worth it. For you sure. I mean? Did I make money? No. Did I spend money? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just the, just the U-Haul joke alone was like $300. Right. But then again, I find the comedy in the fact that I spent $300 to go on a date with Absolutely. Dude, it's funny, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that was Icky, just, that was Icky Vicky. She's like this. Uh, <clears throat> she's she's a, she's making herself pretty well known in Pittsburgh too. She's like a uh, sideshow clown. I don't know. Yeah, she's really good. She was fun. She does this thing where she puts a she put a flower a straw in her in her upper nose and on her mouth. Oh wow! And she can like spray water out of it out <laughs> of the flower, which is really impressive. And she also like um, she does the the the. Uh, the rat traps, like the mouse oh. traps on the lips and stuff like that. Which, all those things are, are circus tricks. Right. You know I mean? She does the staples to the face with Gigi Allen did that. That's like, whatever. <laughs> but all the things are circus tricks and like, they're just a matter of getting used to them. Yeah. You know I mean? You do, you do, you just get used to that, that pain. And it's just like, I felt bad that she, cause she did a few of them in, like in the video and it was just like, you don't have to do that. I don't want you to have to do that. But she's like, this is my bit. So I was like, all yeah. right, cool, whatever. Oh, hey man. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. That's awesome, dude. Well, okay. we're like an hour uh, minutes, an hour, hour, and 20. hour and 20. Jeez. This is the longest one to date. That's long, right? I'm sorry. I talked too much. Nah, dude, it was a good time. Yeah. I enjoyed having you on. I like hearing about like, you know, from the artist perspective too, because you know, I fancy myself an artist myself, but mm. like, I mean, you know, I'm not doing fine art. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm doing, you know, videos and things that I but like. What, to I do. mean, how are you not doing fine art? Um, well, you know, I mean, I'm not, I guess fine art, traditionally, traditional fine art, which Fuck that, man. drawing, yeah, I mean, but painting, then, you know, you know what I mean? Again, you know, it, it, there's the issue of, of, you know, everything that anyone does is art, right? You know, if you, if you take the time to perfect and, and craft a skill and present it to a public in a way that's, that's not, and, and I mean, that's what I, you know, when I said about that art whoring thing and, and the value yeah. and the concept of the value, is you know you're presenting something that that has value to you, but mm-hmm. may not have value to someone else, and you're presenting it to the world. Right. That's art. That's being creative. That's being art. It is for you sure. Know. I mean, it's like with my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That's the funniest thing. Is like I kind of I feel you on the whole Utah uh, the U-Haul yeah joke. I mean, like yeah, I pump a ton of money into my YouTube channel, and do I make money on it? Yes, but. Not, you have to show me how to do that. Not I don't as have much. no idea how to do that yet. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's the thing, like, you know, with me, you know, you figure too, I'm also 42. Mm-hmm. So someone, an artist coming up in the community right now that is 20 mm-hmm. has never had an experience in their life where they've not had a cell phone or, you know, access to like, like right. the world. Yeah. I can legitimately, I mean, not that I'm saying super old, but like, I can legitimately remember like having to go to a library and looking up books, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And like, and I, and I feel that I've transitioned well into that more 
working knowledge of like the, how the, how, how a cell phone works for you and having that knowledge working at all times, you know, cause it does free up a lot of space for your brain to like be worried about other stuff when you sure can just have, you don't have to worry about phone numbers. But, um, but that's the thing too, with like, uh, YouTube and all that jazz is that, you know, I don't know, you know, my knowledge of that is so minuscule that I just kind of make it up as I go, you know, I post shit up there and I think I tag them right and they don't have work. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I'm trying my way. You know what I mean? It's like, keep at it. It's, it's tough. YouTube's yeah. a tough game. I mean, like, it's kind of like what I was saying about Instagram earlier is just like, you know, say you're a, a legit photographer. That's how you make your mm-hmm. living and things like that. You think that you're going to jump on Instagram and be the fucking, the yeah. man on Instagram. That was yeah. how I was with YouTube. I was like, well, shit, I make, I make videos for a living. This is how I pay my bills. I'm going to kill it at the YouTube game. Got on there, dude. Like I hit 5,000 subscribers last weekend. It's been four years. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and I mean, you constant know, grinding. Yeah. And that's, it's just, <laughs> like, it's absurd. Yeah. And like, but then you have people that get something and it's like a matter of, you just find that one mm-hmm. thing that hits. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you just keep doing it until you find that one thing that hits. Yeah. And then it's like, are you just trying to manufacture that thing? Right. You know what I mean? And you yeah. can't, and you can't like, you know yeah. what I mean? And my thing is like, I feel that you can, and I feel that you can just, and if you do manufacture it, you just need to make sure it looks good. Right. You know, and that's the way I look at things. Like, I mean, you know, one of the biggest issues I have with fucking YouTube is, is turn the camera around. Yeah. Like I love those boil popping videos. Like I, I will watch the shit out of those videos because <laughs> they're just, they're just comical. And like, you think about the people that do them and all this other stuff, but like I'm taking up way too much of your time. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine, dude. And you know, you watch that shit. And like the one thing I have to say is like, you guys can't afford a lens for your cell phone. Like you, you have all this medical equipment in your house to, to, to lance and sit right. this boil. No one can afford a handheld <laughs> tripod. Dude, you're right, man. They have like the scalpels, the whole, yeah, the whole like, nine you know, yards. That's like not a, cheap. Right. And no one's got like a, like a wide angle lens. Shit. That's like, hysterical. Like they're they got coming like super up. close. Yeah. Fuck. That's funny. Yeah, that's that's my concern. I, I do I sometimes comment on them. Yeah. Say like, you know, you can buy a camera lens. I'll send them a link. <laughs> my one thing now is I send them links to, to better camera stuff. That and my my other phrase is is noted online. Noted. Yeah, just just that's if somebody posts something online that's very epic. Yeah. Very serious. Just wait till they're like give it time. Very down at the bottom. Noted. Noted. <laughs> I think I stole that from someone. I don't remember who I stole from. But I, like I just it. remember I just remember being like the best way to do everything. It is very I, if I ever start tagging again, that's going to be my tag. You know, that would just, be awesome. It is noted. Dot, dot, dot. Right on a bridge. Yep. All right. All right, dude. We'll tell everyone how they can, uh, how oh, they yeah. can reach you, all of your Instagram accounts. All Get of them out Instagram? there. What do you got for me? I have, well, I have the Instagram, the Rev, Rev Rocket underscore likes underscore people. That's my one Instagram that I've been really pushing the most. I have the Rev Rocket, mm-hmm. Rev Dasher Rocket, I think it is. And I have the Church of Dasherology is also on Instagram. And I have Dashernetics Live, which is my live streaming page, which I only have set up to kind of hold space right now for it until I like start doing more streaming on live. Because the, the Instagram live streaming is much different than the other ones. It really is. It's, and I don't understand it's shut down differently. And it's like you have to get a TV channel. Yeah, IGTV is a thing now. Yeah. So um I have uh 
on Facebook is where typically where I do most of my live streaming on, which will be where the parade coverage is from. It's the Reverend Dash Rocket likes people on Facebook. You just type in Reverend Dash Rocket, you'll find one of the links. Um, I have it all linked on my Dasher Rocket yeah. Facebook page, and um, that that parade coverage will take place on November twenty third. November twenty third, yeah. So around noon. I'm feeling cool. I don't know. I mean, I might start a little later. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on what's going on. Awesome. I mean, it depends also, you know, but it might be important. Like I said, yep. There's a possibility I could have a parade float. Probably not. You never know. But if I did, wouldn't it be sweet? It would be sweet. I'd be right in front of Santa Claus. Definitely. Actually, my goal has always been a parade, be after Santa Claus and throw better candy. Yeah. <laughs> so you be like, you know what? You know what, kids? You know what? Santa gave you candy cans. I got you motherfucking Snickers. Boys. There you go. You know, he needs to be like, <laughs> Or give dollars, give throw out dollars. dollars. Ooh, but yeah, yeah nice. my, my uncle Paul always would do that for candy. They keep my uncle Paul was a drunk. Yeah, and we go to his house for Halloween. He would uh, he never had candy, so he just hand you this jar, like hand you a jar with uh-huh. change in it, and like he didn't realize that like a lot of it was like dollar bills. <laughs> Grab it. There you go. And he'd be like, oh, "Merry Christmas, or Happy Halloween, whatever it was." It was fun. Awesome, man. All right, you got anything else for us? No, just I'll be around. All right, bro. Well, I'm, I appreciated having you on. Yeah, not a really problem. glad that you fun. were on. Yeah, no, I'm glad I was able to. And then um, everyone should turn into the parade. Absolutely. See how it's going to go. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll Later. see you. Later, Gator. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dasher Rocket. We went a little long today because uh, we were just having fun. We were hanging out. It was a nice little jam session. And uh, I got to learn so much more about Dasher. And uh, I think it was pretty incredible. That's something that I really love about this podcast is that, you know, I'm learning so much about the people in our town. We have some incredible people here, folks. And, uh, you know, the guy or the girl that's sitting right next to you right now might be might be the most interesting person you've ever met. You never know. Be sure to go visit Dasher down at Mr. Toad's. Grab yourself a drink and be a good bar patron. Don't forget to go head out for the parade, the holiday parade here in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. And don't forget to connect with Dasher on all of his Instagram accounts. We'll see you next time.